What scotch are you drinking? This is one of... I'm in this whiskey club that you theoretically can opt out of every month and I occasionally forget and get over... Oh, it's not over... No, it's actually very fairly priced whiskey, but it's more expensive than I would normally spend on a bottle of whiskey. So what the... This, this sounds exactly like the, uh, the the brewery in a box thing that my, yeah. my wife got me for my birthday. We've never cancelled, so every month they fucking send more yeah, craft beer. What's the, what, what's the, well, I didn't order a single bottle of wine. What's that box doing? Oh, I didn't cancel this month. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's it's really nice and you get unusual stuff that I you can't get at Dan's and it's, it's quite good. But, yeah, I can't afford to drink it every month, but it's fucking nice. It keeps turning up every month, though. Yeah, that's right. You have to keep drinking it. Um, shall we talk about music instead? So I had to pause to let out a, an immense belch because that's the kind of classy man I am. Welcome to Tripping Balls, a music podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, every week, Bezo and I listen to at least two, possibly three new albums uh, from from the year of the the time that we record this, which at the time of recording is twenty twenty three, and we give our unfiltered, unfettered takes on them. Is that pretty much what we've been doing since twenty fifteen? Or yeah, I think that's right. They're definitely unfiltered. Um, Plus or minus, unfiltered, man, unfettered. I wonder how many songs unhinged. I wonder how many songs we've listened to. That would be a really interesting oh, stat. Fuck. <laughs> we've listened to a couple of hundred albums, so multiply that by probably on average ten, because mm. usually ten songs on an album, like between eight and twelve. Well, we, we I would we say many, 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 many. Um, Five thousand and two. I just looked, counted it up. I've just remembered. I need to add this album to my long list for the year because I think it might be a contender. Where would you like to start? Shall we start with the heavy? Because the heavy is like, it, it was an enjoyable album. Uh, I don't feel like it moved the needle either way from what I expected. Like, this is what I expected. I expected it to be a solid sort of crowd-pleasing album, and that's what I got. It wasn't. It was It was built entirely to spec. It was yes. exactly per the specifications that were drawn up. It yep. was entirely competent soul slash R and B. As we said last week, we've we've done the last couple of these albums. They were album from sixteen and their album from eighteen or nineteen. And it, this album is no no better or no worse than its predecessors. In fact, if you shuffled them in order, we wouldn't be able to tell them apart. They are extremely good at what they do, but what they do, there seems to be a, a very slight lack of something that project that pushes it beyond just being. These guys could be a good covers band, uh, and these these songs could be could have been written by somebody else. I don't know if it's because the entire band is white except for the dude up the front. It does have that. It's not quite blue eyed soul, but there, there does seem to be something missing with these guys. Where it's like you guys can write a, a banger for a Vodafone commercial, as we said last week. But you know they're out there best when they're doing kind of swaggering soul bangers. But there's not really enough of them. Uh, and you know what you're getting with it with a heavy album? You're getting seven out of ten, and that's exactly yeah, what we got. It, like if this was an NBA draft prospect, it'd be uh, like high floor, low ceiling, right? You, yeah, you, you're going to get what exactly what you got in in the G League or college from this guy. You, he's not going to turn into fucking LeBron James, but he's probably also not going to wash out. He's probably going to have an eight year career. Um, I, I thought a lot about Aaron Fraser during this album, which is like. That Aaron Fraser album had 
like a bit of weirdness to it and a bit of something just slightly off kilter that made it a little bit more interesting and this was just like you know this, this was this was the highway between Darwin and Alice Springs straight down the fucking middle <laughs> right. yeah but you can fucking no. rinse you can rinse your motor vehicle on that highway you can yeah. you can absolutely pin it on that so that's that's slightly different um I yeah the thing the, the, the issue is that we've heard these guys three times before and they yeah they haven't done anything different I think that's the key thing is that we went back and listened to Hurt and the Merciless. We would hear the same combination of soul bangers and kind of more wistful, you know, sad guy kind of. It, it is, it is, it's a very well worn template, and they do it extremely well. But um, yeah, there's a little, there's a lack of inventiveness, which I think I attributed to white people, which probably feels like reverse racism to the sort of people who look for that kind of stuff. But um, I don't care. Um, I don't think I would pick these guys for the pot again. Like, that's where I sort of settled on. It's like, look, this is great. I would listen to their next album, but I could also listen to one of the other three albums before that. And who, who would care? Uh, so, yeah, would, wouldn't, wouldn't, waste a, wouldn't waste a pick on it again. Yeah, well, but, I mean, what, what, what we just accused them of is exactly what ACDC made a career out of. I mean, it's, yeah. I guess it comes down to your mileage will vary and do you love the genre they're in. And they do a, they do an extremely serviceable version of it. But I think serviceable... It depends how how important your music is. How, how important is it for your music to be serviceable? If all you want is a reliable, you want a fucking you know a, a McDonald's burger and chips kind of experience, you're going to get it from the the heavy. And it's um, it's extremely they are reliable. You know they they are on time. They are on budget. And and they are they they do not disappoint because you you don't expect anything more than you're getting. Yeah. Like I said, we have reinvented damning with faint praise. It's damning with absolutely yep. no praise at all. Uh, where would you like to go from here? What was your favourite album out of the other two? Uh, it was definitely not Laurel Canyon. Uh, Ghost, the Ghost Woman. Well, well, that sounds fun because Laurel Canyon was definitely my favourite of the other two albums. So let's talk okay. about that then. Sure. I just... Uh, I don't know if it's a little bit of first track syndrome, but I really did not like the first track on this album. I sort of felt like it got better after that. It was a touch weak. Yeah, yeah, the first track was a touch weak, yeah. I'll give you that. It's not my favourite track of the album. I don't know. It it, it was like, I didn't like his vocal and I didn't think that the the band had enough to back him up on the first track. Now, to be fair, I, I thought the rest of the album... I still didn't love his vocal, but I thought that the, the musicality got a lot better. I thought the band was pretty good. Um, I don't know. There's just something that just didn't didn't scratch me about this. What? Why did you like it? What? What was it that you really liked? I actually find it difficult to talk about what the, the kind of describe why I liked it, but it just had a feel to it that I really, I really dug. Now, it is the sum of its influences, and what's interesting is that you can look at that set of influences and you look at another band that are from a similar part of the Pacific Northwest uh, in the shape of Nirvana and you say, these are all the same influences. It's a little bit like these guys stole Kurt Cobain's Lego set and built something out of it that was recognisably a little bit similar but also, I mean, bits of his vocal kind of reminded me a bit of Kurt's delivery and there were the occasional... Um, 
I suppose melody, although it's hard to say that uh, Nirvana ever had melodies. They had kind of angry, sad, kind of minor chord dirges. It was interesting to sort of see some of the same stuff come out, but it didn't feel like they were necessarily mimicking Nirvana. It was just kind of what happens when you start with the same building blocks. You kind of evolve to the same kind of endpoint. But I'm... I really dug this album. I just, I just really enjoyed the vibe of it, and I enjoyed the riffage of it, and I enjoyed the the hat tips to stuff that had come before the proto punk of the seventies, the kind of college rock of the eighties, and the very early proto, early proto grunge kind of feel to it. And I just, I just, I just thought it was an interesting way of ending up with you know starting with that so the same kind of um, influences, uh, you know, where you could end up in a place that you know doesn't end up with you wanting to kill yourself which is probably good so if you are feeling like killing yourself please don't because that's bad we like you lifeline the number is available on the so w- w- what did did you like the ghost woman album that was an abrupt change i i did like the ghost woman album as well um but i the, the ghost woman album had a a very specific kind of nostalgia it felt it felt sort of somewhere between the birds and the kinks kind of kind of sixties proto psychedelia, twelve string guitar. I sort of thought it was like lo-fi Dandy Warhols. It was like, you know, if, if you slowed the Dandy Warhols down, that's that's how I sort of viewed it. But but I guess yeah, that's yeah, like a, a line between those two things. I guess. But, but when the Danny Warhols, are, well, yeah, because the Danny Warhols had that album where they were heavily influenced by uh, the Rolling Stones. And there are a few tracks on here where they do feel like there's quite a lot of like the like broke uh, has a very kind of Keith Richards coming off heroin kind of guitar riff to it. There's a riff in here that sounds like. Wild Thing doesn't it? Is it Wild Thing? There's one. There's one that starts. Well, out Wild Thing is, was, is from the Kinks, and, and there is. Yeah. The thing is, though, it's it's probably more the production that makes it feel like that. It's very. Uh, and, and I'll tell yeah, okay. you the backstory. This is like um, this is a guy who's in other Canadian indie bands, and this is this was his self-titled project, and he's expanded it. His uh, his partner, who's uh, also in other bands, she's she plays with them live, and so does another mate of his. Uh, his mate is the one who does the very kind of Mark Lanigan-y vocal on the second to last track. Uh, but this was mostly self-recorded kind of Dave Grohl first Foo Fighters album style at home onto like Tascam tape, which is like a really old school way of recording. Yeah. So it gives yeah. it that lovely, warm, kind of rich, kind of it, 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 it's very warm sound. It's a very kind of, I don't know, maybe this is my lived experience, but reminds me of the kind of stuff that my uncle used to play and it feels like the kind of stuff you'd you'd find on like a dubbed C90 tape off vinyl that your uncle would play on a wet Sunday you know you know when it's pissed down with rain somewhere um, it, it did remind me of the sort the sort of album that my uncle would have liked he passed away a few years ago and this was this was the kind of shit that he he was into so uh, it's a bit sad I can't share this with him but um, this is um I did, did have a lovely sense of nostalgia and, and there are some really beautifully put together songs on this album. I have to say that if you think of it like an old album, I think I like Side A more than Side B. Um, and they're, they're absolutely bangers on Side A. Uh, but Side B, they're still playing with some interesting ideas. There was almost like Crosby, Stills and Nash kind of vibes to some of it. Um, you know, teach your children well kind of areas. Um, I suppose a more modern comp might be the Black Angels, who... 
Uh, we did uh, an album from late last year, I think, from memory. Uh, good album, really good album. I listened to this the first time on headphones and I was like, I was trying to figure out why I was enjoying it so much because I couldn't really... It plays really well on albums because he's got lots of layered little bits of guitar and stuff, particularly on tracks, particularly on Broke. Broke really, he just kind of just just plays with the little, the kind of... The kind of the tags of guitar in, in your in your headphones. It's like, well, this is lovely and rich and sounds yeah, fantastic. That, that, and that's what I sort of came to is that I think that sort of um, ghosty, drawly vocal, like it's it's a real ethereal vocal, very evocative vocal. Yeah. But then underneath it is all these little layers of of delicate, yeah. uh, no, not delicate as in light, but delicate as in intricate bits of instrumentation that, that sort of layer underneath it and I think that's what attracted me oh, like, I really like music that has layers to it that you sort of listen to and then you listen to again you're like oh fuck you know that, that's what yeah. sort of drew me into Salmonella Dub is you know, Salmonella Dub's not just a guy on an MPC it's a, a whole bunch of like layers of you know bits of percussion layers of they, guys with NPCs yeah layers of guys that's right it's NPC on top of NPC on top of NPC it's, it's at least seven blokes <laughs> from Wellington with NPCs <laughs> it's NPCs all the way down it's a Russian every doll every one of, of them NPC. have smoked so much weed <laughs> it's just dudes with NPCs all the way down um, yeah I have to say this this was a this was a seven out of ten or better week for all the albums. I, I look that heavy album. We we kind of slagged it, but it's still inherently definitely extremely listenable. You listen but, to but it, it, you'll fucking but enjoy you it. Put, yeah, that, that's like that's an album. If I have someone around for dinner, I will definitely be putting that album yeah. on because it's like it's great background. Because music. it's for normie cunts who don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> No, we were going, but no, it's, we were it's, going it's, so well. It's acceptable. Oh. It's something that's amenable. You know, it's not like I mean, you put on the Laurel Canyon, and and maybe Gen X kids will kind of go, "Yeah, that's fucking sick." Yeah. But I mean, you're a Gen X kid, and you didn't say it was fucking sick, so it's probably yeah. it's not necessarily going to going to reach everybody. Um, and and Ghost Woman, at least some of the some of the people you put that on for would be like, "God, this this is dreary." And when you get to the back half of it, it is beautifully done, but it is. It is ext- it is quite inward. It is quite you know um, reflective. I think is probably the the, the most positive yeah, way I, to refer to it when you get to that the second second half of the album. I had like four people I I sent that to straight away because I was just like, oh, you 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 will like this. This this is an album that you will enjoy. Do people still listen to your album recommendations after all these years? I mean, I would have thought that you've probably yeah. Actually, actually. I was t- I was talking to a mate of mine and I said, "How much new music do you listen to?" And he's like, "Oh, only the stuff that you send me." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, how does that go?" And he's like, "Oh, it's, it's about fifty percent." I'm like, "Oh, wow, that's pretty good." That's it. <laughs> there was that one that we did this one, and I, I can distinctly remember it. I was walking through Woolworths, and it was like a Tuesday after the pod. I was walking through Wars and I had the so, you, just just on that point. There's so many yeah. albums that I rem- that I associate with being in the supermarket. Just yeah. because that seems that seems to be where I am whenever I listen to them, and it's really kind yeah. of weird. That like I'll, I'll be listening to the album, and I'm like, I get a sudden flash of being in a particular aisle of Woolworths trying to find something, so, or so, Countdown, or New World uh, as we are here. Uh, it was that one that you thought that was better than um, the Black Keys. Who who was that? And it's it starts. Oh, uh, was the dude who Dan Auerbach produced? Was it? Oh no, was it Dan no, Auerbach? No, it was a big, big chunky white guy, and, and the the first couple of tracks are just 
absolute fucking rippers. Oh, no, and the rest yeah, of that was produced by Dan Albeck. That was um, that was um, Marcus King. The blue, uh, Marcus King, yeah, blue yeah. Hat. And you you love yeah. the whole album, but I, I thought the album sort of drifted after the first couple of tracks. But like I listened to the first well, two just, tracks. Just, and like- translation for long term listeners: Bezo got sick of the sound in three songs. It, the, the rest yeah. of the album sounds exactly like the first three tracks, but it's just the Bezo yes. got tired of it quickly. Yeah, that's probably right. But like, whereas I'm like, tra- oh, see, I think the thing is that I actually like an album. Like if an album sounds has a consistent sound end to end, you know, within a certain kind of area, so I'm happy with that. In fact, that's probably why I like Laurel Canyon. I mean, they played with a bunch of ideas and they went from sounding like. You know, I'm not saying they, they went out to sound like Nirvana, but there are tracks that sound like Nirvana, and there's tracks that sound like all kinds of other stuff. But it it is it is consistent end to end in a way that maybe the Ghost Woman one yeah. isn't. But, but I don't but have I, a problem with that. I actually quite like I, that. I listened to the first two tracks of that album. Was like, this is the album of the year. This is just, and I've I've actually sent it to a bunch of people going, oh my god, this fucking album absolutely rules. And then I got track five and I went, ooh. Might have, been, might have been a bit premature. Like, I, I still thought it was a good album, but I don't know whether it held up to how I thought about it after track two. And um, See, I, I think my, most of your lack of enthusiasm for that album was because of the humiliation you felt because you'd got a bit too hard early. It was just reflected embarrassment. It's like, yeah, this is, a, this is a good album, but I don't want to tell too many people it's a good album because I don't want to fucking own the comebacks. Yeah, possibly. I think own the stuff you like. I like the Laurel Canyon album. Uh, I, I really, I really love that Ghost Woman album. I've, I've put it on my long list. I'll be, I'll be fascinated to see how it holds up over time yeah. because I, I do think it does because because it does have that intricateness and that layering. I, I wonder whether I'm going to grow into loving it more or whether I get sick of it because that that's definitely something that happens as well. It is really beautifully put together, and if you think of him just sitting around fucking crafting it, it's, it's like he's whittled it out of. Out of a huge, he's taken a fucking a Rimu trunk and he's just whittled this amazing sculpture out of it. Um, you know, with a task with that, that lovely old technology, it's exactly the kind of thing you'd want it to be. You know, you'd hate to hear that he was using Pro Tools, fucking, fucking enormous Mac, and just th- throwing filters all over it and getting Max Martin in to, to, to punch up all the songs. It's, it's definitely not that kind of feel. Um, all right. Three really enjoyable albums this week. Do you want to tell uh, all the listeners what they have in store for them next week and then we can pick albums for the so week next after? week, Bezo's off shouting at Filipinos and he's also doing some coaching. So, is that correct? <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's an accurate representation. Lastly, yes. Uh, so, friend of the pod, Regular co-host, Godfather of Grime. I've forgotten all the titles we've given him over the years. Um, Adam H. Photo is coming in and uh, we're going to review. You know what we're going to review, long-term listeners. You know exactly what we're going to review. We're going to review 72 Seasons by Metallica because we kind of have to. I'm, surpri- I'm, surpri- I'm surprised you didn't want the Smashing Pumpkins album as well, to be honest. Uh, no, I don't think I don't think we need to do that. That's more your area. You're the one who picked that fucking tonight tonight as the as the classic. Um, we're also going to do an album by quote unquote post hardcore supergroup, uh, which means they have members of Fugazi and Bad Religion and various other bands in it. Fake names. Um, apparently, they don't really sound that punky. They're actually a bit more poppy, which should be interesting. A bunch of old dudes doing, doing power pop. Or punk or pop punk. Um, 
And uh, Adam's album of the week, because Metallica is kind of our joint joker, I suppose. Adam's album of the week is going to be the new album by The National, which I've already pointed out is should be called The Panasonic, because <laughs> they stopped being called National years ago. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. Um, all right. And so- So, what are we doing in two weeks without time when you come back? There's an album out by a lady called Olivia- and it's called Just the Two of Us Duets Collection Volume 1. No, it's Olivia Jean. And uh, the album was called Raving Ghost. Uh, don't know much about her. Bezo. Yes. Bezo. Yes. Congratulations on sniping your first pick in five years. This oh, is the wow. first time you've act- one of us has sniped <laughs> the other one's pick. This is the album I was going to pick this week, Olivia <laughs> Jean's new album. Yeah. Raving ghost. So her story is that she, she's kind of gothic garage rock-ish. Yeah. I mean, you probably heard one or two of her tracks. Yeah. It's kind of if Morticia Adams was out front of a of a garage rock band. It's really quite. It's kind of interesting and dark. I mean, her first album was like a couple of years ago, and it was called like sort of was it called, it was called something like bath bathtub love killings or something like that. She's got yeah. this kind of evil you know, temptress kind of shit going on. So, yeah, that's absolutely the album I was going to pick this week. She's, de- she's definitely got more Tisha Adams vibes. Yeah, yeah, she's got that kind of 60s bob, but looks like I'm definitely going to stab you to death after we fuck. Um, which is cool if you, you know, you don't have anything better to do. But, yeah, Olivia Jean's <laughs> album. How about that? We've, found, we've, we've had our first sniping in many, many years. Well, it's a bit of a rough period for me because I went back and listened to sort of some of the stuff that I had tagged as interesting. And the main single's not that interesting, so I was like, far out. This is depressing. All the stuff that I had tagged as interesting has not come out as, as good as I would hope. So, um, yeah, that was that was the one I thought that was the most interesting coming up. Yeah, so- yeah well, like I said, I picked it because I thought, I thought this, this, she actually sounds, she seems really cool. And her stuff is... Her stuff has more depth and inter- interest than just, you know, uh, your average kind of dribblings. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> more than happy with that. Um, I better pick an album. I'm going to pick uh, an album by a band called uh, Dernava, I think they is how you pronounce it. It's a D-A-N-A-V-A, and I believe they are basically Pacific Northwest 70s doom metal throwback kind of act. You know, the kind of shit I always pick. Um, they're playing stuff with lots of solos and pretending to be Black Sabbath and various other shit. And, uh, you know, that'll make me happy. So I'm going to go for that. Um, um, you haven't had a Joker in about 27 months. You should probably have one if you've got an album to pick. Look, I don't know how this will go, but it's been getting a shitload of hype everywhere, which is the- mm-hmm. I, I don't actually think this is sort of in our wheelhouse, but I, I'm going to throw it out there and feel free to knock me down. But the Fred again, um, Brian Eno collaboration, Secret Life, has just been getting a lot yeah. of hype. And I, I'm sort of- Fascinated I mean, so is Jesse Ware. So yeah, I <laughs> realise that. Good. Uh, like, like Eno's done some interesting things production-wise. So, I, I, I'm, I'm just interested interested to see what all the hype is about. Is it is it going to be confirmation of our 
Guardian, Rolling Stone, like just absolute shit show of an end of the year um, list where it's like the, the, the hype doesn't match match the actual music. Um, I'm not sure, but I, I'm sort of fascinated to, to, to delve into something that's so hyped and so sort of top 10-ish to see what like the, the absolute sort of most popular of pop music is about at the moment. I don't, I don't know. You can see the Fred again is that he just uses, he basically surfaces vocals from random bits and pieces, doesn't he? And sort of sticks them into, sticks them into yeah. tracks. So he's a bit of know. a mashup artist. Look, it might be just enjoyable for us to absolutely slag it off in two weeks' time. Um, but I, I just thought it was fascinating because it just, it just seems to pop up again and again and again in so many different places. And I was just like, huh. I wonder why this is getting so much heat because, like we've said, you know, many times before, it's really hard unless you're uh, Beyonce or Taylor Swift to really capture that sort of um, broad appeal zeitgeist of the musical world now. And this is one where I've I've just seen it come up like from a whole heap of different people on different sort of phases of of social media. So. Yeah, I don't know. Let's let's have a listen and see what it's about. I, I, like, I, I wouldn't really care if we bezoed this album. If we, we listen to two tracks and it's absolutely fucking rancid, it, it'd be it'd be just worth it to 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 go. What the fuck is everyone? You know, what, why is the hype bigger than the than the actual music? Considering how much good music there is around, but. Um, and Rancid have a new album out at some stage too, so there's always that. Well, the the other option I had was, uh, where are they? Death Stars, which is a Swedish industrial metal band that, that do kiss sort of face paint and, and khaki shirts. So, uh, you know, column A, column sounds, B. Sounds great. <laughs> That's, that been Anything involving Scandinavian, Scandinavian loudness is absolutely all right with me. So, well, that one's called Death Star. Everything destroys you by Death Star. So, if we get if we get two tracks into Fred again, that's just just <laughs> yes. terrible. Let's let's pivot to that. Reviewing that instead, then yeah, then we know we, where we are. We do have two weeks. So, yeah. All right, Doc. You enjoy the Metallica album. I don't know whether I'll bother listening to it. Look, Luxa Turner, which is the only track I've heard off the the new Metallica album, sounds like like nineteen eighty two, um, like Kill 'Em All style Metallica, which is absolutely the stuff where they sounded like Motorhead slash Judas Priest, which is absolutely my favourite areas of Metallica before they got a massively overblown sense of themselves. Um, so I'll be interested to sort of see where uh, whether that's a, a theme that continues. I suspect it yeah. fucking isn't. All right, say hi to Adam for me. I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. I shall. Well, you can, you can say hi to Adam when when you get the um, winds pull scotch off him. <laughs> Sounds good. Cheers, mate. See ya.
That was a good app. Oh dear. Yeah, this will be this will be an interesting. Um, essentially, what this is is uh, for us is trying to find sort of the back end of my open squad for World Cup next year. I don't think you should go around with your back end open. And I need like an infusion of young players that will, you know, run lots and do their role. Like I'm oh, basically after the KCPs. That that's what I'm looking for. You know, who who can go out and do their role and not get embarrassed athletically. So we'll see how that goes. As long as you go for KCP and not PCP. Too old for that shit. (laughs) An interesting little um, uh, treatise on coaching. Golden State fans really shit me with the way that they, like, absolutely slam Steve Kerr. And it's like, you guys have one of the most successful, innovative, non-conformist coaches going out there. And, uh, like, he actually does react from game to game, right? Like, they played a different sort of game plan this game than they did the first game because of the way Davis played. It's not like he went out and Tib style and just kept cranking out the same fucking thing. Um, well, yeah, like but- I said, we, he was, he was, it was the adjustments he, ma- he was making in real time in game one that led to the adjustments that he, that he, that, that were different to the adjustments he was rolling out at the end of game one, but was, yeah. were influenced by what he'd learned. Yeah. He's constantly experimenting and learning. But, but then, uh, I went and we went to, um, my mate's son's, uh, rugby game last weekend, watched some under 15s club rugby. Which I have to say, but both me and my mate Cobbin, who are on the sidelines, are like, because we've watched a lot of rugby together over the years, you know, uh, sort of state rugby and uh, yeah, super and a lot rugby. of Reds rugby at that, which is great. Yeah, and, and a lot of it's a lot of Reds, grim. a lot of Reds, Warrior. And and I, I, I joke with him. I'm like, I think I've heard, I've heard the words. I am never going to go and watch another rugby game again from you more than any other person I know because yes. the amount of dour fucking games we've been to and Cobbins like, Grim. I swear no, on my mother's grave. Knuckles we- Connolly is hovering <laughs> over this game. Yeah, <laughs> we-, we are never going to do this again. And then, oh, should we go to this Reds Waratahs game? Yeah, let's go and have some beers. <laughs> Just yeah. sort of- Can't but be anyway, that bad. So-, so this 15s game, like under 15s, not not 15 people was really fucking enjoyable yeah. because it was open and there was a nice balance between forward play and back play and there and it was refed by a single 18 year old girl who was a not going to take any shit in the scrum but wasn't also there to be the hero of the fucking game right so there wasn't stupid mm. 50 stupid scrum penalties it was just like no no I'm not going to take your shit do it again okay we're done penalty or you know, keep playing sort of stuff. So it was it was the most enjoyable game of rugby that I've watched for a long time. Um, which I, I sort of get the under like why grassroots rugby has such an appeal to um, sort of rugby people. Like I can understand how they what? would go. Oh, you know, grassroots rugby is much better than international rugby. I sort of agree. Like- well, yeah, and also rugby as a as a game, from all the people I've known who've played both codes, is is a, is a more fun game to play yeah. than league. League's just a better television game, I think. At the top, at the top, at the point, well, yeah. Unless, of course, you're Ben Tune standing out in the wing, freezing to death. <laughs> but anyway. So they, I suspect play- I suspect I was talking to people who were playing in the in the fat clerk areas of the of the field. Um, uh, 
watch this game and then, you know, they win, good win. They all come off. They all get like three or four group photos, you know, one of the whole team, one of the backs, one of the forwards. And the coach talks for a couple of minutes and then that's it. And I'm like, I said, because I was taking a whole heap of the players back to Huey's birthday party. I said, do you, do you guys not warm down? He's like, what? I'm like, do you do any stretches? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> oh, okay. What do we do now? Oh, can we go to KFC? <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. This is like, yeah, not, young not, bodies. Not. You can do what the fuck you like because it doesn't matter. You don't need to stretch because they're made of rubber. It's only old cunts like us no, that but, need to stretch before we get out yeah, of but bed. It's, it's just, oh, I don't. Also, know, stretching like, is of, of of questionable value. It's it seems to be the, the story from the physiotherapist. Uh, yeah, mobility is important. I, I, I would, I would not. I would not say, and I would say actually stretching after a game is way more important than stretching before a game. Like definitely warming up. Before oh, cycling, a game is important. cycling, fucking lactic out of you is yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, probably like more just, important because it'll improve your recovery. Yeah, do, do some mobility after a game. Don't just fucking go off from the game into a go, car. Sit in the car and go, go to KFC. KFC. <laughs> I, just, I was just like, yeah, okay, dudes. As I refer you to my original point. If you're 14 years old, it doesn't fucking matter what you do to that body. Oh, dear. You can feel it entirely on Pepsi Max and wanking. You're going to be fine. (laughs) Anyway, and then we had a very interesting discussion about using uh, ChatGPT to write... um, school assignments on the way on the way on the trip back to the Caribbean Park which I immensely enjoyed because I threw a couple of curly ones at him because you're not an educator and you don't have to figure out a way to stop no no I don't I don't have to yeah it's not my fight to fight anyway that was my little aside you might have to come up with an assessment that actually judges people's in like comprehension rather than just give it rolling out the same bullshit that you've been doing for 20 years weird what a concept terrifying all right I'll catch you in two weeks, dog. Cheers, man. See ya.